What's up, guys? Uh, big thanks to everyone that's been watching the Hot Summit. It has been uh, unbelievable. We've had so, so many coaches come on and watch, and it's been great just to, to learn, but also to help give back to the O-line community. It's not too late. If you haven't watched it yet, you can still sign up. You can still watch it live. Um, we've got unlimited seats. you got to jump on with the thousands of other coaches. Um, if you missed any dates, you want to re-go back through those, watch some of those, you can go uh, buy our all-access pass. Again, it has now jumped up to seven uh, to $90. But if you're an RTP premium member, it'll always be at the one low rate. So um, look into doing that as well. It's a great deal. And hey, after a month, if, if you want to cancel it, it, it's still cheaper to be a member for a month and get the all-access pass than it would be uh, just to buy it outright outright at this point so go look into that we want to say again thank you to everybody and uh, if you still want to watch for free live you still got a few more days to do that so go check all that out at runthepower.com this episode of the podcast is brought to you by go route go route brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches trusted at practice by more than 350 high schools and 30 plus fbs and fcs teams GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send out scout cards and installs the players so that they can stay up-tempo all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play-drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you, have, if you value your practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Uh, it's really, really cool, guys. They, uh, You make your scout cards. The kids wear a little wrist coach, and digitally those come up to those kids. Uh, you click a button, on to the next place. So unbelievable how much uh, reps you can get in a short amount of time. Learn more at GoRoute.com or give them an email at sales at GoRoute.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Vices. Vices football helmets are different than other helmets on the market today. Their design reduces impact forces by yielding in a collision similar to a car bumper. Concept so unique that the helmet was named one of Time Magazine's top 25 inventions of 2017. 01 is the top performing helmet for the third year in a row in the NFL NFL Players Association testing, and the 01 is the highest rated five star helmet under five pounds in the Virginia Tech star helmet ratings. For younger athletes, Vices recently launched the 01 Youth the highest-rated youth football helmet ever tested by Virginia Tech. The Zero-One Youth was specifically designed for the speed and impact seen at the youth level. Protect your athletes with the top-performing helmets in the game. For more information on Vice's technology or to request team pricing or financing options, visit vices.com on the web. Vices, protect the athlete, elevate the game. Last but definitely not least, this episode is also brought to you by Guardian Caps. Both of our programs at Broken Arrow and then with Walls at Ankeny uh, invested in Guardian Caps this year, and they are definitely helping out our guys, we feel. Uh, they are soft-shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice, and they're used by over 100 colleges and 1,000 high schools. Uh, they also protect our helmets uh, and keep them looking nice so us as coaches aren't in there working on them before every game day. Uh, they're keeping them looking nice, uh, which is obviously a, a big deal to the kids 
that their helmets look nice going into games. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them. Check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley thinks about them at OU and to get some pricing. Uh, and they are actually really, really, very affordable. So uh, you guys check that out in our show notes or just go over to guardiancaps.com. On this episode of RTP, we go across the pond with Matt Bruckner. Coach Bruckner is the offensive coordinator for the London Warriors Football Club in London, UK. Listen as we talk with Coach Bruckner about his unique football journey from Chicago to London, the growth of the game in Europe through NFL's efforts, uh, teaching and learning curve for athletes new to the sport, and you get to listen to me not know anything about geography. Hope you guys enjoy. Coach, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Living the dream, man. What uh, what time is it for you over there? We we just passed midnight, so it's uh, oh, a little past my, my bedtime. Oh. <laughs> we we killed you with the timing. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no problem. We actually had practice tonight, so I, I just got home a little over an hour ago. An hour ago? Wow. Is it is it a long ways uh, yeah. for you to drive, or you guys just have really late practices? Yeah, no, just during the week, we uh, it's, it's 8 to 10, so it's like a later practice. So got, most of our guys have worked. So, uh, yeah, it was 10, and then I had to drive like a half hour to get back home. So it's a little later than we would like. Okay, so I'm, um, I'm from Oklahoma, so it's just a small – I was not even a very small town, but very rural, at least to me, Oklahoma. I still haven't figured out uh, UK. Uh, I know in your message you said you're from the UK, but I still – I know there's like – three or four different there's great britain and england and uk and i don't really understand all of it but give me a rundown so i don't sound too yeah. stupid <laughs> no so yeah so <laughs> i got just, so just I, I i uh we were talking to the guy from australia which he'll be on the podcast and i got all confused about if steven adams was um australia or um new zealand and then apparently <laughs> they another. i had no idea uh so i i might ask a couple stupid questions i just want to let you know so, so I'm actually, I'm from Chicago, but from a, a UK per perspective. So there is the UK, which is also Great Britain, which is England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. Um, and then I'm in London. So, but the, the league that we play in is a, a UK or a British league. So it includes teams from Wales and, and Scotland and then England. Um, so it is kind of the full island, um, but actually I live in, in London, so in, in England. Okay, I hope well, that wasn't too confusing. No, it wasn't at all. So is, is, <laughs> North, is Northern Ireland – is, no, I won't. Is Northern Ireland uh, different than Ireland, or is it just North Ireland? No, no, it's different. So, yeah, it's a, a, a different um, country entirely. So Golly, it's, it's sort of every day. For, for for religious reasons, they, they decided to split the country a, a while back. So, okay. um, Heart, they, Heart, I think it's each other, man. It's like it's like I think, it's like war torn stuff, man. They don't like each other. Yeah, I think it's technically the the sort of Catholics went to Ireland and the Protestants went to Northern Ireland, something like that. I, I'm not a historian, but I, I well, think that's how it was. I was I was hoping maybe that happened when the whole money change came over, but you said it happened a long time ago, so now I don't feel as good about myself. But 
Uh, well, let's go ahead and, and, and keep rolling. So, Coach, how we always started is, is go ahead and kind of give us uh, your football backstory, if you will, you know, from, from playing days up until coaching and kind of how that got you to where you are now. Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I actually grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and um, started playing at a, a school called Lyons Township, um, which is in, in kind of Western Springs at LaGrange. Um, I was a, a quarterback in, in high school, ran the option, um, played a, a little bit of defense, as, as you kind of do in high school, um, and then went on and played at um, Holy Cross in, in Worcester, Massachusetts. So went there, uh, played for four years there, and, and actually was recruited as a quarterback. Um, but really ended up playing everything, played some DB, played some receiver, played quite a bit of running back, special teams, and, and had a couple, couple trips back and forth from quarterback. Um, so, so kind of, you know, was all over the place there. Um, finished, finished there and, and went to grad school, actually. Um, and then, you know, moved back, got a job in Chicago and, and actually um, was just, just missing coaching. You know, I, I had the bug. I had the football bug. Um, so started coaching Pop Warner football for for a couple of years, um, and just you know I was the the head coach in OC, and my brother was the the defense coordinator. Um, but then actually there from there my uh, my work took me to to Bermuda, um, so went and lived in Bermuda for three years, um, and you know then then found my way to London, and and actually it was in, in London where I kind of got um, you know really back into coaching. So. Um, found a team in in South London called the London Warriors, uh, and and basically you know just heard about them, heard about them from actually the guy who recruited me to Holy Cross. Um, reached out to to the head coach there, asked if I could come down and and you know do what I could to help out. Uh, and you know actually so went the the first year, which was I guess just about seven years ago now, um, and was just kind of helping out with the quarterbacks. Um, and you know after that that season, I, I went to the coach and said. You know, actually, I think, you know, there's, there's got a pretty good quarterback situation. I, I think I'd be more helpful, you know, coaching the offensive line, actually. Um, and, and he said, actually, you know, probably a better idea is if you, you take over the offense. At the time, he was the offense coordinator. Huh. Um, so in the, the sort of second season, I became the offensive coordinator um, and, and have been, uh, you know, doing that for, for the last six years now. How big is football over there then as far as, you know, crowds and, and guys that want to play? I know obviously, you know, soccer is going to be king, but, you know, how, how important is football over there? Is, is the NFL kind of a big deal? I, I think, you know, I think the game's trying to grow a little bit globally. What, what have you kind of seen since you've been in London? Yeah, actually, I, I mean, I've actually, over the last seven years, I have seen a, a growth in the game. I mean, there's a lot of people who are interested in, in growing football and or American football, uh, as they call it here um, in, in the UK. Um, I think definitely with the, the money that Jacksonville, you know, pumps in here from, um, you know, playing home games here every year, plus they host camps. Um, you know, there's been some success of, of actually one of two of our players are, are in the NFL now. Um, there's just been a lot of, of interest that's been generated Um there's a couple of kind of grassroots campaigns. So, yeah, it's not anywhere close to, to soccer or rugby or some of the other sports, but um, definitely has a, a very loyal and, and growing fan base here. So, Coach, what kind of, uh, you know, you get to be the offense coordinator your second year. What kind of offense are you guys rolling with? Is, is it the same, all the same general rules as, as football is over here, or, or are they little little differences and, and – uh, uh, or so are you able to just kind of have an offense that you would like at, at Holy Cross? 
You, you really can't do that. So, uh, I mean, yes, the, the offense that we run now is, you know, it's all of the, the kind of same concept. Um, you know, I, I take a lot of things, especially from, from college football and, um, you know, some of the, the better ideas that I see just from, from you know, watching YouTube. Um, what the biggest difference here, though, is we, we really only have the guys for a short period each week. So the season's longer, but we, we have Wednesday night practices for, for a couple hours, then practice on Sunday. Um, and we usually do some sort of, you know, kind of classroom on, on Sunday. Um, but we really, you know, the amount of stuff that we can install and, and the amount that we can get done is, you know, a, a lot more limited than, you know, obviously we would have had at Holy Cross. Um, so, you know, I came in with all these great ideas. If we did all this stuff at Holy Cross, this is what I want to install. Um, but you know, in, in reality, it, we just had to get the offense to, to fit the time we had and the personnel we had. Is that something that you think you could take to a, um, if you were in the States, you know, you, cause after seven years of doing that or six years, whatever is the OC, um, you know, you've, I would assume you've, you've pared it down to the, the essentials and you've made it as, as simple as possible, not in a bad way, simple, but as simple for your guys as possible. So they can execute with, with the limited amount of time. Is that something that you think you could, you, if you had six, seven days with the guys uh, that you would uh, be able to expand even more on uh, it, but with those same kind of principles? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, that's really how we do it. I mean, we are, you know, we're, we have traditionally been kind of a run first team. So getting those kind of foundational run plays in, I mean, we, we dress them up with some formations and, and some, you know, motions and things like that. But uh, I mean, it's just getting those foundational plays in, getting the guys to know what the assignments are, you know, we having them do it against a couple different fronts and just learning what are the rules. Um, so they're not out there trying to, to guess where guys are going to be post-snap. Um, but, but I think it definitely has helped kind of pare things down and make things easier to teach and, and sort of simplify the way um, that we, you know, we kind of speak the football language. Um, you know, because a lot of our guys, they didn't grow up with the game. Like if you put them in a film room at a, at a you know, a college camp, on a college campus, um, it would be a foreign language to them. So it's trying to bring some of that over, but also kind of simplify it so everyone can understand it. Coach, what are some ways that, you know, you guys are able to kind of communicate playbook and communicate some of the install? Because, I mean, you know, two days a week, I'm, I'm guessing you're, ha you're probably having to find some ways maybe through technology or, or conferencing to maybe help accelerate some of that a little bit. Is that something you guys have, have had a chance to do? Or, and, and do you guys maybe have some continuity kind of, you know, on the team, I guess that'd be my second part of the question is, you know, how do you guys get your players and, and how do you hold on to them? Is it, is it kind of a, a semi-pro professional league? I'm kind of interested in that too. Yeah. So um, maybe I'll, I'll start with, start with the, the back half of the question. So, so we definitely have continuity and, and we've got a, a lot of guys. I mean, um, you know, the, the warriors are, are warriors for life. You know, we've got guys that have been around the program for a long time. So, um, you know, we can build on things that we have been doing over the years. And, and actually, if, if we're in a pinch or, if, you know, we're going up against the defense that, um, you know, we would have seen a couple of years ago and designed plays for, you know, sometimes we can call those plays back. Um, so that, that's really, you know, that's really helpful and, and really, you know, lets us advance the offense more than you would think that we could. Um, on technology, absolutely. I mean, I, I've got 
um, you know, an, an app and I drop the plays and then I email the plays um, to the guys. So especially when we have new offensive linemen um, that are coming in that are, you know, may probably played at their university, but are not used to all the same concepts. Um, you know, I'll kind of just email them the playbook, um, having drawn it up. And then we'll have, um, you know, especially as the season starts to get going, we'll have film sessions. Um, and some of those film sessions are just at my house. And, and some of them we do just on Facebook Live. So if guys are in, you know, different parts of London, we'll have a, a core group, a core group of guys that get together. And then it'll just be live on Facebook Live. So um, we can kind of bring guys into that. That's really cool. That's a that's a really really uh, cool way to do it. I assume like you guys have a is like a pri- private uh, Facebook chat. Is that what you guys are able to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I always I always thought you know you, you talk to some of these guys and kids would always be at school just at the high school level. You know they're like, man, you know I, I got to have these kids here all day and I want to meet with the QBs and meet with these guys afterwards. I'm like. Nowadays, with with you know technology like Zoom, like like we use, or you know Facebook Live, or heck, you know Snapchat. There's a, a bunch of different ways for you to to do things live, where you could have kids at home, and you know I'll I'll shoot out a, a group text or something and say, hey, can you guys get on? You know, here in five minutes, I want to show you something. It's going to take 10, 10 minutes for us to kind of go through and install, and the, you know the kids can record it. The kids can can kind of go back and watch it. And I always thought like. I, I didn't need to sit there, you know, and, and wait for the film to load. And, you know, with, with technology like Huddle and, and some of these other things, you know, you can have your virtual meetings there at home. And, heck, business has been doing it for, for God knows how long. I'm sure you've been doing it for, for a decade now, Coach. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it's like the technology and, and actually, you know, I, I think guys, guys like you who, who have sort of put stuff out there and say, here's how you block this play. And, you know, if I see a good example of it, I just ping it across to, to, you know, our guys and say, here's our, here's the concept. This is what, you know, we call it. Here's how it's done perfectly. Um, so, you know, even if we're not hands-on coaching, we're getting guys the information, letting them see how the play works, you know, whether it's in the NFL or in college. Um, and then, you know, showing up at practice on Sunday and reinforcing those things. Yeah, that's a great, that's, that's a great, that's a great point too. I mean, I do a ton of coaching with my guys, literally just off of uh, Twitter, there's a lot of good, you know, receiver resources and, and literally you just, you just tag the kids in it, you know, and they always d- DM you back like coach. Yeah. Hey, that's, you know, that's boss or, Hey, that's, that's this. So, I mean, it, there's, there's so many different ways to have to do it rather than like you've said, man, having a formal meeting, you know, <laughs> put a couple clips up, find something on social media, link it in there. Kids learn so fast and, and guys will learn so fast. There's just so many ways to do it and use your time wisely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one story from this year, we, you know, we put in, in the, the wham play towards the middle of the season and just ran it a bunch of times at the end of the year. And then all of a sudden the Patriots come out in the playoffs and are running it, you know, in the last three games. And the guys are sending me messages like, coach, did you steal this from the Patriots? And, no, 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 this is, this is a normal play, guys. It's just, you know, you don't see it in the NFL this much. <laughs> they stole it from us, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah exactly coach how do how do a lot of your players fall into playing football like you said it's not one of the you know top three probably sports and and the guys aren't around it much as as uh kids growing up so um maybe just in general how, how do you think most of those guys uh kind of fall into uh learning about football and then wanting to play football 
Um, I, I think some of the guys really, you know, they just have seen football and, you know, have watched, like, seeing the NFL is, come, is coming to town, watch a game, on, on, you know, on TV and think, oh, wow, this looks like fun, and, and then kind of look for us or, or look for it usually at their um, their university or junior program um, and, you know, kind of have that intro through the TV or, oh, this looks like an interesting game. Um, we, we do get, you know, quite a few players that come over from rugby. Um, so, you know, guys that, you know, have, have played some rugby kind of, you know, have are used to the physicality of the game, are used to tackling, used to running with the ball. Um, and if their, you know, rugby career is kind of over or if they're looking for something different, um, you know, that's a pretty, pretty easy uh, move to come over to, to football here. Um, so, you know, I, I think it, it's a combination. And then, you know, as with anything, you also get guys who, we're playing Madden and, and said, Oh, this, this looks like fun. Why don't I actually go try it? So um, you, you get a little bit of everything. I would say. That's awesome. Um, coach, the other thing I was going to ask, you know, is, is obviously I've never been to London. It's, it's on the bucket list. I want to get over there, but you know, how cool is it to live in, you know, such a historic and, and awesome city with, with all these cool, you know, things going on and, and not to mention, I mean, just massive and huge sporting events. It's heck it's hosted the Olympics. Um, you know, some of the, the biggest soccer matches the the world has ever seen, you know, how cool does it have to be to kind of be in that, that kind of sports arena? I mean, it, it seems like it's a super like sports crazed place, you know, if it's not, you know, completely like it is in America, obviously, but it just seems like people over there just get you know, crazy about their, their sports. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I I got here in um, the summer of 2012, so about a month before the Olympics started. Um, and, you know, the plan was to be here for two years, you know, do some, some travel around some European cities and um, return back. And actually, the, the city was an absolute buzz for the Olympics. I mean, it was it was electric. Um, and then, you know, obviously, it, it is a, a great sports town. Uh, the one The one thing I would say, though, it's the so how the soccer teams work you know there's so many teams around london and in the uk relative to the the population so it's almost like you know certain neighborhoods or small clusters of of people are just fiercely loyal to their soccer teams here so you know whereas you know in in wisconsin the whole state roots for the packers um you know, here the city is actually divided in, you know, amongst a, a number of teams. And then you go out into the regions and it's divided amongst a number of teams. Um, but those those fans are fiercely loyal. Coach, do you have many, if any, uh, football-only fields? Or are you guys normally playing on uh, soccer fields and rugby fields? Uh, n- yeah, it's normally on, on rugby. Or not normally. I, I mean, I would say half and half. I mean, I, I think – um, half our, our football fields. So, you know, some, some of the teams in the league, you know, have a, you know, long relationship with, with parks or stadiums and actually have developed a, you know, a regular football field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other, others just kind of repurpose a, a rugby field. So, um, you know, actually the, the rugby field, they're slightly different dimensions. I mean, quite a few of our games we play on a essentially a 90 yard field. Um, so it's a little bit more condensed, a little bit tighter, but you know, again, just things you, you have to adjust to. <laughs> That's exactly right. Is there any adjustments that you actually do make for a 90 yard field or is it just, uh, I mean, game plan wise, if you're like, okay, I'm going on a, on a repurposed rugby field, uh, we're going to do, you know, something different or are we, 
doing different formations or is it just, oh, okay, guys, just remember it's a little bit shorter this, this week? No, no, it's actually, I mean, one of the things we play, we practice on a, a field that is, you know, probably five yards shorter in width than a normal field. Hmm. Um, and what we, what we find out is that actually once we get into a game, um, and, and that's just a soccer field that is converted because that's where we can practice. Um, but once we get into the games, our receivers have a lot more space than they were expecting um, because we get so used to the, the sort of tighter field and we get so used to those dimensions that once we get out there, actually the passing game in, in, in the actual games is almost easier than in practice. Hmm. Um, so, and then that's just due to the space and due to, you know, the field that we, we can get to practice on. Coach, what hashes do they use out there? Is it, is it pretty standard? Is, it, is there like an international rules as far as kind of the hash? I know high school hash is a little bit wider than college. Are you guys more like the mm-hmm. NFL or college or – no, we're most closely aligned to, to college rules across the board. Um, some of them are, are a little enhanced, but I, I think the, the kind of starting point is, is college rules. So we use a college ball, college hashes, things like that. Um, then the next thing I was going to ask you is, is, you know, knowing you guys are, are kind of a, a traditional, you know, probably pound the rock a little bit more, you know, a little bit easier to teach the run game. You know, what, how do you kind of base then your, your passing game? I'm, I'm always kind of interested to hear you know, from, from guys, you know, that are, are going to have limited practice time, you know, how many past concepts are you installing and teaching, you know, what, what's kind of your basis when you go into uh, to a season with that, with your receivers? So I, we really do benefit from having experience both kind of at, at the quarterback and receiver position. Um, you know, I, I really like to start with, you know, kind of four or five concepts at the beginning of the year, really drill those, um, you know, with with the way we run the ball and, and with the way, you know, we like to protect, um, obviously getting uh, play action in there, but, you know, running a play action and, and just getting back to our kind of core concepts, um, you know, kind of teaching, you know, everything that we do is, you know, whether the middle of the field is open or not. And, you know, basically saying these are the routes we like. I give the quarterbacks a little bit of freedom, um, get themselves in, into into routes that they like. Um, but that's just because they've been, we've got experienced guys, the receivers, you know, know what they're doing. They know the kind of coverages that, that we're going to go up against. Um, so actually the, the passing game um, has, has been one of those things that's really benefited from having experienced guys show up at practice year after year. Um, so we can actually build on, you know, and, and add more route concepts um, than, you know, certainly I, I would have in my first year there. What are you guys basing uh, your run game off of, Coach? You guys got more of a zone team and, or a gap team? And then kind of my other question is, you guys ever see anyone that, that goes, uh, you know, completely different offensively? Or you get any wing tee teams or, or option-heavy, you know, wishbone teams that the guys just haven't seen in a long time? I would think that would, that would mess with some defensive coordinators. Yeah, so there are a couple teams that have tried sort of wing ting, wing T type uh, type concepts. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's by necessity, just you know, with the athletes they have, or if a quarterback goes down, and um, you know what what they like to do. Um, we are we're a gap team. I mean, we you know I, I first because I kind of came from um, you know some some more zone, but with also some some gap concepts mixed in. Um, kind of started with with zone concepts and realized that the guys just you know they weren't being aggressive enough and the amount of you know it was hard to just practice one or two plays and that's all we did in the run game 
um, and especially with how we practice. So I just found actually going to, to some of the, the gap concepts kind of freed the guys up to be aggressive, to, to you know, get out there and um, come off the ball and, you know, have better leverage and, and actually um, you know, not do less thinking, but, but be able to execute more plays with kind of less, less time. Um, and, and we also, I mean, we've got some, some really good backs, but, um, you know, they're the big boys that just like to get downhill, you know, find a crease and, and go. And, um, you know, the, the, some of the this kind of patience that goes with some of the, the zone schemes, um, you know, we didn't have enough time to wrap it. So mm. we are, you know, we're primarily a gap team. Well, and I've always thought, I think contrary to probably a lot of coaches, but I think gap schemes are, are easier to pick up most of the things you're going to see. I think it's, it gets really difficult with blitzes and run-throughs and slants when you're running zone, and, and you've got to rep it a bunch. And then you obviously have to rep it a bunch with the gap too, but I, I just don't think you have to rep it as much. I think the rules are, are a little simpler, and any kind of run-throughs or, or twists and slants I, I think are much easier to pick up uh, when you're when you're a gap scheme first team yeah that's exactly I mean we have absolutely found that you know and, and just you know getting the rules for for the gap schemes and if the guys know that and you know sometimes you find that you know if, if the defense isn't disciplined in, in the gap scheme they're just running themselves out of the play yeah so yeah we, right. we, we have uh, we've definitely found that that to be kind of the, the best way for our guys um, you know especially some of the guys that haven't been there as much, um, you know, or, or are kind of newer to football, um, to get them the reps that they would need to pick all that stuff up for zone would, you know, would be very hard. <laughs> I love it, man. Doesn't matter where you're at in the world. If you got linebackers that run through, gap schemes are still going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm putting it on Twitter right now. Run the power UK. Coach, uh, <laughs> Coach, going going back to uh, the time, it, it kind of reminded me almost of Walls. I don't know if Walls has done it yet, but uh, how was it getting to coach with your brother while you got when you guys were in? Um, I, I believe you said it was Illinois. Uh, was that a yeah. was that something that you were uh, excited to do for a while? I mean, I mean, was that something you had been looking forward to? Um, you know, growing up as kids, or something that kind of fell into it? Or I, I just I don't have a brother. I always wanted one when I was growing up, but I've always just thought, man, that would be really cool play with your brother or coach with your brother or, or um, you know, I've always thought that would be a, a cool thing, a fun thing to do. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, he was a couple years older than me, so we, we didn't actually get to play together. But every Christmas when I get home, we talk about, oh, we need to get back and, and coach the, the kids down in Western Springs. Um, I mean, obviously, we're, we're brothers. We shared the same same bedroom for the 23 years that led up to, to us coaching <laughs> together. So, so we knew exactly, you know, how we were going to work together. So, um, yeah, it was, it was terrific. I mean, and if we were in the same city, we would find a way to coach together again. Isn't that just the coolest deal though, that like, you know, you can probably have your, your differences and things like that. And you have your fights with your brother. Cause I, I was the older brother too. So I was, you know, about a year and I think 10 months older than my brother. And yeah, we got into it, but we ended up having a lot of the same interests. And then when we did coach together, like you said, it was like, you already knew the other guys move, you know, he, he knew when to get on a guy. I knew when to, to talk to one of his guys. I mean, and, and I always had him sitting up in the box when I was calling plays that year in golden and, and just having that, that synergy. I mean, he knew, you know, what I was going to call and he knew what to be looking for. I, I just thought it was an absolute blast. And, 
you know, we, we got along all the time. We still get along. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and there's no second guessing, you know, we, we knew what our roles were and, and we knew what we were going to do. And, you know, there was, there was discussion, but it wasn't, you know, there was no, no chance of breaking trust or no second guessing or anything like that. Coach, going with the, the Pop Warner start, um, I, I love hearing about that because uh, that's kind of where I got my start. I was still in high school, but I was, I was coaching little kids. And then um, even in high school, I was, and, and then now my son's getting to be about five. And so I'm teaching him steps and different things, just, you know, bored and want to hang out with my son. And, and so I like football and so does he. And so, um, you know, teaching him steps or different things. Uh, and the cool part to me is you've really got to learn – to break things down with these, with some of these younger kids, um, and, and give them the most important stuff first. And, and you've got to figure out what's the most important things. You know, you don't want to teach, you know, past it, but if you haven't got the basics, you know, up to a certain point. And if all you ever do is coach, you know, really good juniors and seniors in high school or whatever, and then you don't have to learn any of that. If the kid's just super athletic, you don't have to teach them from a base standpoint. But then. Maybe you get a kid that's in that's six five, but he's not. You know, he's kind of awkward, and he does have to know. Oh, okay, we got to build it from the ground up. Uh, it, it's been a blessing to me being able to to work with my son because I kind of see. Okay, he can't take steps out of a stance, but maybe he can standing up. Then he can standing up. So then I've like I've got a, an even different progression that I would have uh, had I not worked with kids. Uh, is that something that that you kind of draw from at times, or, or maybe not even now, but? Is that something you've drawn from uh, before uh, of having to teach these kids that uh, are young and they don't even necessarily understand how to make their body move in the right way or maybe they don't know how to arch their back or do different things uh, and then trying to figure out these different ways to get these points through to, the, to these young kids? Yeah, actually, and, and I mean, I, I think to, to your point, it's, it's something that I draw from now. I mean, we have kids that are, you know, come over 22 years old and have played basketball their whole lives. And, you know, they, you know, they met one of our guys at, at the gym and decided to come over and, and try some football. And so it is exactly that it's breaking it down or even a guy that's come over from, you know, rugby or, or has, you know, has been an athlete, but has never actually played football. Um, you know, those, all of those kind of fundamentals and, and really, you know, I mean, trying to, to get footwork down, whether it's at you know, the offensive line or the quarterback position, um, you know, trying to coach, you know, how to stay on balance and, and how to, you know, get the job done on balance and, and what, what your feet need to do. And because sometimes it's not natural. And, and you know, sometimes, um, you know, if you just let kids go out there and, and start running around or, or our guys, are running around they're going to get off balance really quickly so um breaking things down and breaking the footwork down um at the pop warner level has has actually really helped me as I, I kind of made the transition to the uk coach have you seen then too with that carryover guys that literally have you know next to zero you know kind of background in the game how fast have you seen them kind of acclimate to it because i know in the States, again, there's, there's always the big push with multiple sports and, and a lot of guys, a lot of kids get worried because, oh man, I'm not on some traveling or select team and, and I'm not playing when I'm, you know, 12 years old, maybe it, it kind of discourages them a little bit. But the cool thing I think about football is, is it's one of those deals where you, hey, you show up in the weight room, you lift and, and you become a pretty good athlete. You can learn how to be a, a really good football player. Is that something that you've been able to kind of see firsthand uh, with where you're at? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a, an incredible example of that, actually. I mean, we had a kid show up, uh, you know, a 
probably about five years ago now. Um, you know, he is a friend had brought him over and he had not played much football. I, I think he had kind of tried a, a little bit, um, but he showed up the first day and he just was a specimen and, you know, he needed to be shaped and molded and, and he needed to, um, to do a lot of things to, to kind of become the player that he could. Um, he played one season with us and had so much raw talent. Um, that actually he got in through some some connections with another one of our coaches, um, got a tryout with the Dallas Cowboys and signed on. Wow. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, the first day that this guy this guy showed up, he jumped off the charts with athleticism and size, but like didn't know how to put his helmet on. And I mean, it wasn't that bad, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. And uh, and then yeah, this year he actually he made the the active roster for the uh, the Carolina Panthers and. Um, you know, I think he was defensive player of the the week one week. So um, it really went from being a you know a guy that you know didn't speak the language, didn't really know the game, and you know five years later he's you know in an NFL locker room. So um, you know, I, I as I said, it, it was a, a very extreme example of that. Have you noticed a uh, maybe you haven't, but have you noticed a a certain position that guys come in that that they have a more difficult time picking up if they haven't been around football? Um, I, well, definitely quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think, you know, that, that is a, a position that, um, you know, before really you could get on the, the field for, for some of the better teams, you know, you have to have a you know few years of playing it and, mm. and learning it and just getting the reps. I mean, with the number of snaps we get in practice, it's, hard to get a quarterback up to speed and, and ready to play in, you know, in, oh, that's true. in a season or two. Um, so, so that's definitely kind of the most challenging one, you know, because you're trying to work fundamentals, but then, you know, all the, the kind of thinking that has to go into it and the footwork and then, you know, the actual, you know, throwing up the ball. Um, that's one that, that if the guys, you know, one, if they're not totally in love with football and practicing when they're not around us, they'll never get on the field. And, and two, even if they do do that, it, it still takes quite a bit of time to, to get them ready to play at a, at a high level. I was going to ask about like the receivers. I mean, over there to me, it would have to be kind of interesting because, you know, soccer culture, you know, not using their hands, I guess you, you know, have some goalies and then, you know, rugby's obviously a little bit different. It's not like they're throwing, you know, a forward pass is going to be, you know, kind of a, a shorter pitch or, uh, or lateral, how are, how are some of the receivers there as far as, you know, with, with ball skills and body control and, and going up and, and making some plays that way? Um, yeah, I, I think, I think you've, you've nailed it. I, I mean, in, in general, um, you know, <laughs> yes. they, they don't, <laughs> they don't grow up, you know, playing football or baseball or what, you know, doing all of the hand-eye um, sports in the backyard. Like, you know, as a, as a kid, I was growing up, I was, throwing a football or a baseball every single day um, or a basketball. And, uh, and, and that's just not, not what they do. So, you know, both the throwing and the catching part of it um, do, do take some time to, to get acclimated. And then, yeah, you rightly point out the catching while running also, it just takes reps, you know, it just, it just takes, you know, and we've got some, some guys that are just really good athletes that'll pick it up quicker, but for the most part, you, uh, you know, you just need to get out there and, and get the reps in. You've never had a guy like try to bicycle kick one while it's in the air, have you? <laughs> no, we haven't had that yet. But but I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't doubt it if I saw it. I, I mean, we've seen quite a few interesting <laughs> things here. Well, 
do you, I, I would assume you guys don't have much of a problem with uh, with kickers um, with soccer being so big, but is that a difficult sell to guys to say, okay, hey, why don't you come over here and, and try to kick a football for us? Uh, no, I mean, we, you know, we've got a, a, a couple really good kickers. I mean, the, the, the guy who kicks for us is, you know, he is a really, really skilled punter. And, um, you know, when uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, he kicked a, like a 48 yard field goal to win the Brit Bowl. Um, so he's, yeah, he's really good. I mean, his, his punts are as good as, you know, the, the, the punter at Holy Cross, like he definitely has that kind of leg talent. Um, so it's, uh, that, yeah, that did not let me down. I mean, that, that soccer background definitely has benefited us. Coach, you'd already kind of touched on, you know, the, the different, you know, almost kind of neighborhoods and how the city's divided up. And, and I would imagine, I mean, you, you hear the stories about, you know, the, the guys, you may be having a few too many and getting in some fights. Um, is, is it kind of the same too with, with, you know, maybe not the, the fans, but with maybe some of the teams, you know, are the guys pretty competitive? Does it get pretty, you know, pretty juicy at times to where they want to get into it and, and rumble a little bit, especially up front when it's a, a pretty violent game? Uh, I mean, we do see, see a little bit of that. Uh, I mean, uh, I think especially, you know, some of our rivals, if, um, you know, games can get pretty heated and, you know, but I think it's just like, like any kind of good rivalry where, you know, guys are just laying it on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is, that, I mean, there's just like, the the football community here is is pretty tight knit, um, so you don't really see a lot of that. I mean, people generally want the game to grow and want the game to succeed here. So, you know, I I think well, that's not one hundred percent across the board. I think the vast majority of people, um, you know, really kind of do value the sportsmanship of it and and you know doing things that are right for the game in the UK. Um, you know, yes, there are fights and there are cheap shots and, and things like that every now and then, but. I'd say it's not any any more um, more kind of prevalent than in the U.S. Well, Coach, I got to ask you. I've bit my tongue for 37 minutes now, but as soon as you said uh, <laughs> Chicago, growing up in Chicago, um, all I thought about is is the Bulls and Michael Jordan. So, were you big? Uh, I would have to assume you were a big Jordan fan. Did you get to go watch any of his games? Yeah, of course. I mean, I was in in the sweet spot for Jordan. I was growing up. I was, you know. Uh, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. When when they were really good, so uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I didn't get to those were really hot tickets back then. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to too many games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I guess they were good then. Um, it, no, you had to. No, no. Yeah, that <laughs> was the, the Stockton Stockton and Malone era. So well, yeah, the bullets. Yeah, the bullets came <laughs> to town. <laughs> bullets were <laughs> <through> the. <laughs> I just say the Clippers, the Clippers yeah. sucked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that's actually – you hear that a lot here. People will ask me, oh, you know, what's your NFL team? I'm like, oh, we don't get a choice. I grew up in Chicago, so I'm a Bears fan. I'm like, this Bears. <laughs> that's actually one of the cool things about being an Iowa coach. So, I mean, you know, right next door, but it's kind of it's kind of right in the middle. So, you, you see a lot of different allegiance here. So – it's crazy. So you got a ton of Bears fans. You'll have a ton of uh, Chiefs fans kind of in the, from the southwest. You got Vikings fans that are to the north. And then obviously you still got the Packers fans there too. So you kind of got like all four that kind of clash here. But it, it seems like if I had to pick like number one, it would, it would either be the Chiefs or the Bears. So I get to hear all all about the yeah. Bears. <laughs> so you, you, you yeah, gotta, I actually – 
you got to be juiced again with Nagy getting it rolling and getting them back in the playoffs. We are very excited for them to be relevant again. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> the, the one thing, the one thing that, that's good to hear because the games are, are so much different, but when the Bears are no good, they play at, um, you know, kind of noon uh, central time, which is, um, you know, a, a, a game, a, a time here where I can watch it. Once they get, go on prime time, it's, you know, two in the morning here, so I can't watch them. So this, this past season when they were good, there was a bunch of games that moved to, to night games, so I actually didn't get to see as many Bears games this year. <laughs> Got to DVR those and be able to watch them at work. <laughs> what um what so so obviously you know it sounds almost crazy you guys are you're coaching from eight to ten not getting home till noon or till till midnight what's uh what's a day like because i'm assuming you go you go to work for your work that brought you over to london and then uh you you're working then probably till you know four or five then you come and, and work eight to ten and then get home at midnight go to sleep and then you're waking up and going back to work again yeah, I mean, during the during the season, because we only you know we only practice on Wednesday night, um, you know, so if if we're in kind of a good cadence where we play a game on Sunday, um, you know, have the game on Sunday, which will be sort of a, a two o'clock kickoff, um, and then Monday get up, go to work, and then probably Monday night watch the film, um, and then you know go to bed, you know, Tuesday get up, and then plan practice for Wednesday night. So. You know what? What I want to correct. What um, I think the the next opponent's going to going to kind of um, be running, or or what we're going to be up against. Um, and then Wednesday, actually go correct the things that we did wrong in the game, and then you know start to to think about putting some stuff in for the next week, or or actually putting some stuff in for the next week. Um, and then you know we kind of I kind of have a couple of days there to to really start getting the game planned out, start thinking of um, you know who we're going to use in, in what formations, what plays we're going to, going to kind of lean on, what defenses we're expecting. So, you know, while we only practice on, on Wednesday during the week, um, there is kind of a normal cadence of the week of stuff we have to do to be able to maximize that time. Coach, how, how brutal is it with the, uh, the traffic there to kind of get, you know, to the places you, you need to get? Is the, is the public transit pretty good? I've always heard kind of horror stories about the, the London, of course, <laughs> my head with the, the lampoon's vacation you know big ben parliament, big ben, parliament. <laughs> so so i was kind of wondered you know is it, is, it a, is it a rough commute for you or is it you know not too bad because you live pretty close to all the stuff yeah no i, I strategically live about a, a 10 minute train ride into work and it's about yeah you know 30 35 minutes to get to practice um so but yeah we, we try to limit the car usage because uh, you know, you can get stuck in some of the worst traffic. So uh, we take take generally everyone takes public transportation unless they live outside the city. What are the so I would assume on away games you're going to uh, different countries uh, to to play. So is that uh, I guess here in America I think like going to Canada or Mexico would be like a, a well I don't know how I've got no idea how long but over eight hours like ten hour drive. Um, are, are those countries pretty close to you guys, or, um, or are you taking some pretty big commutes to you on some away games? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess in the, within our kind of league play, there's, um, there's a, you know, we'll have a game in, in Scotland, or, or we would before the team um, you know, kind of got relegated. But that's a, you know, three-and-a-half, four-hour drive on, on the bus. Mm. Um, you know, we do play some, some games in Europe. So, um, you know, we've played in Austria. We've played in Germany. 
um, played in Sweden. And, and that's, you know, either getting on a plane or, or getting on the bus and, um, you know, kind of that those are, are some of the harder trips. I mean, we, we took a bus to Austria and that was a, a 20 hour bus ride. Um, you know, last year, <laughs> last year we, we flew to Sweden and that was, uh, you know, that was much more manageable. You know, that's, that's just, uh, you know, two hours on, on the plane, but, um, you know, depending on, on where it is and, and the cost to, to get there, you know, we, we've had to take some, some pretty long bus rides in the past. Where'd you guys play at when you guys went to Sweden? I've had a couple of buddies that have actually gone over there to do a little bit of coaching. Uh, we went, we played the Karlstad Crusaders. Um, so they, you know, we, I guess I, I flew into Stockholm and it was about a, an hour and a half drive from there. Um, and then we also just this, uh, two weeks ago, um, the Uppsala 86ers came to, to London to play us. Um, so we've played a, a couple Swedish teams, but yeah, when, when we went to, um, went there, we, we played Karlstad. Did you guys stomp them? <laughs> no, no, we, Karlstad's, they were a really good team and had a, uh, a good quarterback. So, uh, no, but, but we did, uh. We did fare pretty well against Uppsala, so we uh, we got our, our kind of Swedish revenge then. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's crazy. Um, so, obviously, some college teams, I think, are going uh, at least around Europe and, and even some smaller college teams. Have have any come around uh, uh, close to you guys? Have you hooked up with any of those and, and tried to practice with some American teams or scrimmage, or, or uh, do they not really come around uh, London? No, so they they haven't. I mean, I, I think they've they've come and played some of the teams in in our league. We 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 haven't had that uh, that opportunity. I mean, yeah, that would definitely be be excellent. I mean, just the the kind of speed of play and, and guys that are um, you know probably practicing. I don't know if the, some of them are, are kind of D three schools, so probably don't have as much kind of spring time. Um, but guys that are basically fresh off a, a, a camp or um, you know spring practice, it would be great to for the guys to, to kind of play against that level um you know we just we haven't or maybe we've had the opportunity just not taking it but we know we haven't we haven't actually played them when they play some of those nfl games is that something that you guys try to go as as a team or as maybe even as a a small group of your team go together or or watch together um even if you don't go to it i guess maybe uh kind of all to get together and, and watch it uh with each other yeah, actually, I, I mean, the um, our head coach, so so Tony Allen's the head coach of the Warriors. He, um, I think, he was the you know he, he had a job with the NFL when when NFL Europe was here. Oh, wow. um, he still has you know quite a few ties into the NFL. So um, a lot of our, our players actually are working the games, are kind of on the sidelines, or are doing doing different things. Um, so you know, when the NFL comes to town, you know, we'll usually have quite a few guys you know working the game and in some kind of NFL paraphernalia. Um, but then also, you know, he has access to some tickets. So um, it's, it's been great. There's been a couple of times where we've actually you know, gone out and there's been 40 or 50 Warriors at an NFL game. That's super cool. I think that'd be a, a ton of fun. I always love watching those games in the, in the morning to kind of get the, the Sundays Sunday started. I, I keep hope, I hope that they keep doing that where they, they keep playing in the different countries. I know they've been playing in, in Mexico and I think they tried to get it going in, in Japan and stuff like that. So I think, the more and more that they continue to do that, I just think it's it's awesome for football. Well, I saw when a college yeah, team – I think a college team did that. Um, might have been Notre Dame or someone. I don't know. Someone, I think, played in Ireland, and it was it was a really, really cool deal. Plus, I think it was, like, super early for us maybe. And so it was like you woke, woke up and, like, at 7 a.m., college football started. So that was pretty awesome too. 
Yeah, I think I think it was actually Notre Dame BC played in in Dublin a, a few years ago, or mm-hmm. and I think Penn State may have played too. I mean, there's yeah, there's definitely been a, a couple um, college games that have come across. And actually, I mean, some some of my friends here, you know, if the one of them is a Notre Dame fan, one of them is a Penn State fan, they have you know gone across for those games. Um, so yeah, those those do generate a lot of interest. That's got to be another cool thing, I, I think, too, kind of living there. You know, being a, a little bit smaller country, it's, it's got to be nice to be able to kind of, you know, every now and again get out of the city and, and go check some things out. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you, you golf or anything like that, but, you know, kind of seeing, like, the birthplace of golf and, and St. Andrews and some of those places, to me, that would be a super fun thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I, so I lived in Bermuda for three years and, and played quite a bit of golf when I was there. Um, have been to St. Andrews, but my weekends are now taken up with family and football. So my golf <laughs> game uh, has, has been put on the shelf. It always takes a hit first. Walls, is, his golf game <laughs> took a hit too, being up in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, families and cold weather just annihilates your golf game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I, if I was single and in Bermuda, yeah, I think I'd be pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, my handicap was going in the right direction when I lived there. <laughs> That's awesome. I I mean, th- that'd be another thing. I'd still like to at least get over there and go see, like, the British Open or something like that, you know, just just the history and, and just just different, you know. Uh, and I love Lynx golf. I mean, I grew up in South Dakota. There's not a lot of trees. So, you know, I've always kind of liked the, the Lynx golf. I just think it'd be, it'd be a, a super, super fun trip to go over there and, and play a little bit and, and, if nothing else, just go watch a couple tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. And and I thought I loved Lynx golf until I got out there and the winds were blowing 45 <laughs> miles an hour and could barely stand up over the ball. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's raining. You can't get in because, you know, you're on pool nine when it happens and you're not anywhere near the clubhouse. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, hey, that's the other thing now. Okay, so I, I keep hearing on the news, you know, and, and, and I don't know, I, I think you're you in like, you know, financial stuff. In in London, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I work for an accounting firm, but I work within the <clears throat> the sort of Lloyd's of London, so the insurance sector, and it's like, uh, yeah, very specific to Lloyd's type marketplace. Okay, so I would imagine you're you're pretty tuned in with you know the the markets and things going on. You know what what's going on with Brexit? What the heck? What the heck is going on? <laughs> Now, I mean, they were leaving. Now they're not leaving. I mean, people want to, they want the prime minister to resign. What, what's going on over across the pond here? I, I wish I know. I'm, I'm at the center of it and I have no idea. <laughs> it's been, it's, you guys probably know just as much as I do. I mean, I, I hear different speculation and gossip every day. So uh, yeah, I'll just wait and see what happens. <laughs> That's been one of the more crazy things for me. I, I don't, I just don't understand the whole thing. Like, oh, okay, cool, they're leaving, and then, no, not so fast. Now we're not. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah, they were yeah, back. I, mean, feels- I, I hadn't heard. Uh, I just knew they were gone there for a while. I thought they were still probably gone from it. I didn't even really know what it meant, anyways. <laughs> well, yeah. So the actual vote was a few years ago now, and it's just been political posturing and negotiating ever since so well you know there's a bunch of news probably three years ago the actual brexit hasn't happened yet so that's mm-hmm. what everybody is is debating and, and negotiating and uh, discussing now coach might be another kind of stupid question mm-hmm. but um i'm just looking at the map now uh, i guess london is just <laughs> even the, the 
city of London is, is in a part of uh, the UK that's very close to the ocean. Is it, is it like uh, nice beaches around London or is it different, like uh, real rocky and corally? Well, as I said, I was three years in Bermuda, so the beaches are much better in Bermuda. They're, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's rocky and, and uh, you know, the, the water is never warm enough for a guy like me to go in. I mean, yes, there are, there are some British people that will go in the water, but no, I, I generally stay away from the beaches here. <laughs> oh, Harp, you asked some of the greatest questions ever. You should be you should be a geography teacher. I, think. I wasn't good at geography. I was, I was decent at history, but now I'm figuring out I wasn't that good at history. Um, <laughs> things I watched one of those history videos, and and uh, England had, had I found out like before World War II was like everywhere. They they had cities and or countries in in Africa and and mm-hmm. over in Asia and all sorts of places. I had no idea about. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man the, the colonies that's that's how they got over to the united states man come on well, i knew about that but um i didn't know about all this stuff i wasn't a learned man now i'm now i'm getting it though coach we're we're we've talked to guys in australia and now england and so uh or uk uh, england i assume as well um but <laughs> um it's been fun well coach kind of wrapping up on an hour i know it's uh, almost 1 a.m for you guys so i want to let you be able to go to sleep so you can go to work tomorrow but uh, last question I always love to ask guys is when you're watching another team's offensive line, uh, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Uh, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's really how they start and, and finish the play, you know, how they're, they're coming off the football, um, you know, the, the sort of body position and, and you know, what, what's happening in the first half second of the play. And then, you know, what's happening right as, you know, as the whistle is blowing and, and the echo of the whistle. So you know, how they're doing it and, and not just doing that on the first play of the game, but doing it consistently throughout the game. Um, you know, I, I think for me, it's really is the, those two things, beginning and end of the plays. And if the guys are doing that, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're either looking at a good offensive line or, or in for a long day if you're a defense. Coach, man, I couldn't agree more. It's a great answer. Um, always fun to, to talk to another American that, that loves to run the power, especially who's he's in a, an entirely different country, man. So, you know, appreciate you growing Absolutely. over there and, and, you know, smash, smashing people with gap schemes. That's uh that's near and dear to our heart. And by God, you're, you're from the Midwest as well. Go bears, go bulls. And uh, if, if I ever get across the pond, I'm definitely going to be looking you up. I, I'm looking forward to getting over there someday. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.